Gary Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. We're in a series called Seeking the Face of the Lord. And we've seen that the benefits of seeking Him are tremendous because as we seek Him, His strength comes into our heart. His life, His love, His presence, His hand comes upon our life. And we've seen that now we're looking at how. How can we seek God? And we saw last time it's important that we, we stir up a, a desire for his, for his presence. And a desire, and that helps to know, you know, just what the difference his presence will make in our life. And also that that desire needs to become a determination. That the great men of God, they prepared their heart to seek God. They diligently sought him. They earnestly sought him. They sought him with their whole heart. And that's what needs to happen. Now we want to go a bit deeper and talk about how, how we seek God, how we come into that intimacy with God. And, and it helps to understand about the temple and how God designed the temple, because as well as the temple being a picture of man, because the temple's in three parts, is a picture of man, spirit, soul, and body. Uh, there's the, the outward court is like the body, the, uh, the, the uh, holy place, is like the soul and the holy of holies like the spirit but it's also the temple is a picture of God and how God reveals himself to man and how we can approach God and come into the presence of God and so we need to understand that, that God himself is spirit and that's what the holy of holies represents God's presence dwelt in the holy of holies and so for man to approach God, man's desire is to know God himself, to actually go into the Holy of Holies, which the Bible also calls the secret place, that place that is there hidden behind that curtain. I'm seeing it like this, that the outward court, how do we know God? How do we approach God? The outward court, which is just in the natural light, is, is his, God's creation. That's how we know God, first of all. It's through his creation. That's like the outward court. And then we draw closer into the holy place. That is a place that isn't natural light. It's lit by the menorah. And the holy place there is a picture of God as he's revealed himself uh, in his truth. You know, in the Bible, in, in the ways in which he's revealed his glory and who he is to us. And that's like, the, so as we come to know the word of God, as we come to know uh, how God has revealed himself in history, what God is like, like all this, the truth, you know, we need to know the truth about God. And, and as we learn about God, where our soul is filled with the truth. And that's, that's part of our getting to know God is the truth. But ultimately we, to know God as he is in himself, is to know God, who he is, the essence of God, is, in, is, is represented by the Holy of Holies, the very intimacy with God, that we could know God directly, spirit to spirit. We, yes, we need to know God as creator. We need to know the truth of God as he has revealed himself to us, the, the glory, the outshining of God. But ultimately, we want to know God as he is in himself, the essence of God in the Holy of Holies, spirit to spirit. 
And the wonderful thing that Jesus has done that's pictured through the temple is that by his blood, by his sacrifice, he's opened the way for us to go right into the presence, the direct presence, the heart of God, to actually meet with God in the Holy of Holies, where, where we are not just knowing about God, but we know God himself. And so the picture of approaching God in the Holy of Holies is a picture for us because when the temple, when Jesus died on the cross, that temple veil was ripped in two. That barrier between us going into the Holy of Holies was revealed. And God was saying that he had removed the barrier that was, was in him because of our sin. And now the way is open for us to go right into his heart, right into his, his being. He is love. And the way is open for us to have that intimate, direct relationship with God. So God dwells in the secret place. And we seek him by deliberately coming into his presence. And we're going to talk about that. How, how do we actually do that? In Exodus 25, God says about this Holy of Holies, You will put the mercy seat above upon the ark. And in the ark you will put the testimony that I'll give you, the ark of the covenant was God's throne. That's where his glory was, in the Holy of Holies. And he says, what's this? And there I will meet with you. He will meet with us. And I will commune with you from above the mercy seat. So notice, that's the meeting place in the heart of God. And so we seek God. We want to know God as he is in himself. And we meet with God there at the mercy seat. And because the blood of Jesus has been applied to the mercy seat, then it is, a, it is mercy. We can come into his presence and not be judged. We don't need to be afraid. The way is open for us. He says, from between the cherubim. And he says, I will meet with you there. That's a wonderful thing. God invites us into his presence to meet with him. Not just to know about him from a distance, but to have that fellowship with him. And that's why Jesus said in John 4, The hour is coming and now is when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Notice those two things. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. He wants us to come into his very presence and worship him. Worship is something that happens in the immediacy of his presence. He says, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Notice there are two things here. God is spirit. And to worship him, we need a reborn spirit. And we, we have it if we're born again. And he says we worship him in spirit. That is in direct face-to-face -face communion with God in the Holy of Holies. But notice he also says, and truth, because that's important too. Now the truth of God is what God has revealed to us through his word, what, who he is, what he is like. And we, as, like I said, to enter into his presence, we have to see him as the God of creation. But then we have to also embrace the truth. We've got to know the right God, because if we try and approach God without knowing who he is, we, we will end up worshipping an idol, a false God. We must know the truth about God in our soul. That's part of our worship. Without knowing the truth about God, we can't approach him properly and make spirit-to-spirit -spirit fellowship with him. So we worship him in spirit and in truth. But the spirit comes first, because we, we must know him. To worship him is spirit-to-spirit. But that's only possible if we know the truth. But there's a key thing here about the truth. How do we worship God? We want to worship him spirit to spirit. But 
we must worship him with truth. And that is saying that the way we enter into his presence is with the truth. And another way to say that is with praise and thanksgiving. Because what is praise and thanksgiving except the declaration of the truth? We, we receive the truth in our heart and we declare the truth. That's praise and thanksgiving. And we give words. So you enter into God's presence by saying, Lord, you are great. You're greatly to be praised. You are the love of my life. You are uh, my victory. You are my strength and my song. And all these words of truth is the way we actually enter into his presence, into that place of intimacy with him. If I give a romantic analogy, because we are at the bride of Christ, how does a man approach a woman or how, does, how do the two seek intimacy with each other? They do it through words of praise and thanksgiving. We might not use it. In other words, they'll express appreciation. They'll say praise is, is the character of that person. You, you praise that person. You, you compliment them for, for all their qualities. How beautiful they are, how good they are, how strong they are, whatever. And then thanksgiving is more personal. It's what they mean to you. You, you make me feel this way. That's thanksgiving. It's acknowledging the, the effect on you. You're my life, Lord. You're my strength. You're my song. So there's a slight... So praises, you're beautiful. Thanksgiving might be, you know, um, you, 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 you excite me. You, I, make, I feel wonderful when I'm with you. So there's the, but either way, you're speaking truth. And as you speak those words of truth, not only does it open your heart up to God, but it also releases God's love toward you. Because that's the way fellowship is. It's the same with a man and a woman. If a man speaks those kind of words, then not only does it release his heart and open his heart to her, it opens her heart to him. And they move into that place of intimacy with each other. I love Psalm 27. It says, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And you know, what is the beauty of the Lord? It's all his wonderful attributes. And, and, and most of all, perhaps, it's his love for us. You know, what, what makes us fall in love with him? We love him because he loves us. And as we behold, and as we have a revelation of his love for us, you know, we behold his beauty, that creates in us a desire for his presence, for, for more of him. And as it were, as a, as a man expresses his love and reveals, declares his love for, for, to a woman, that also causes her heart to respond, to desire his love and to fall in love with him. And so he says, he, I want to, I, I've caught a glimpse of your love, of your beauty, and I, and I desire more of your presence. He says, for in the time of trouble, he will hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle. He will hide me. That's the place of intimate fellowship. He will set me high on a rock, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies around me. Therefore, he says, therefore, to get into that secret place, that behold his beauty, Therefore, I will offer, offer sacrifices of joy. How do you get into the presence? How do you get into the Holy of Holies? It's only with sacrifices. That's how you enter in. 
to his presence with sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. And the sacrifices we bring now are sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving. And that's how that, that brings our heart into his presence. You see, we are like a temple. How does our temple come into spirit-to-spirit contact with, with God? We come in through sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving. We, we open up our heart. We declare our heart to him. He says, I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. And so there is the process of he draws close with his sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving and, and his prayer his request, I will cry with my voice. And it's uh, as you approach that Holy of Holies, finally then there's that offering of the altar of incense that goes into the Holy of Holies. And that is like that prayer, the prayer that says, God, I want intimacy with you. I want to be close to you. I want to come right into the immediacy of your presence. And so there's that request. Again, with a man, with a woman, you know, he gives her praise. He tells her, what she means to him, and, and then he, he is requesting that intimacy with her, that she opens her heart to him. She opens the veil over her heart, and she lets him into that place of intimacy where they can truly have that intimate communion. Psalm 100 says that. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all your land. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. How do you come into his presence? With singing, singing praise and thanksgiving. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who's made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates. You know it well, don't you? Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And so you, you worship him in truth. And you come before his presence with truth. And as you are doing that, your soul, that's where truth resides in your soul, your knowledge of God. As you speak the truth, as you praise and thank him, what happens is your soul is adjusting itself to the presence of God. Your soul is opening up to his presence and his presence is coming upon your soul and your soul is moving into his presence. And you enter through the veil into that Holy of Holies, but you start practically the way you do it is with thanksgiving and praise. Be thankful for him and bless his name. To bless his name is to declare his character, which is praise the excellency of his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, his truth endures to all generations. That's praise. Psalm 95 actually shows this process in more detail. He says, Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence, first of all, with thanksgiving. You see, he's shouting joyfully to the rock of our salvation. That's thanksgiving, because, Lord, I thank you that you saved me. I thank you that you've redeemed me, you've forgiven me. You see, that's what he is to me. That's thanksgiving. But then it also moves to praise, which is declaring his character. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms, for the Lord is the great God and the great King above all God. So you're declaring his power, you're declaring his sovereignty. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he's made it, and his hands form the dry land. This is praise, you see. You're declaring the praise to God as the wonderful creator and who he is. And this is how 
we approach God with truth. And as we do the truth, so our spirit begins to come into contact with the presence of God and we're able to worship him in spirit as well as in truth. So releasing your heart in praise and thanksgiving will bring your heart into the immediacy of his presence. And this is where it now moves into worship. See, worship can only, you can praise God from a distance. And as you praise God, you draw closer to the presence of God. But worship is something that can only happen once you're in the presence of God. And so having done the praise and thanksgiving, he's now comes into the Holy of Holies. And this is where verse 6 says, Oh, come, let us worship. The worship comes after the praise and thanksgiving. Let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. What happens is, as we enter into the Holy of Holies, into his very presence, it says that we now we must worship. We surrender our lives to him in his presence. We yield to him. We surrender to him. He is totally devoted to us with all his heart and we are to totally surrender to him. That is worship in his presence. We're the sheep of his hand. His hand comes upon us and we, and we surrender to his right to possess us and direct us. And here you might say, well, that's, that's it, isn't it? But the, the key is now we must dwell in that secret place. There's a danger now of not abiding there because what happens is that fears come up in our flesh of losing control. And, and that can happen as a man and a woman get really close. They can then get scared because it, it seems like that, that love between them is so strong it's like they're losing their own independence and so they pull back from each other because they, they, they're afraid of what will happen if, if they sur surrender too much to, to that love and so they pull back to a safe place Jesus said if you want a higher life with me you have to lose your own life you have to lose your independence you have to surrender to me but the flesh doesn't want that, you see. So there's a danger of not abiding because we fear that loss of control. And, 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 and unbelief can come into our heart and we pull back from the presence of God. We feel safer at a distance from God. We must have such a desire for his presence that we're willing to surrender and, and dwell in his presence and so that we don't back out because the key to our whole life is, in the, is abiding in the presence of God. So be, beware of that independence reasserting itself. And this is where the psalm goes next. It gives a warning not to harden your hearts. As you come into the presence of God, or you come to the edge there, and, and if you will just enter in and dwell in that secret place, you will enter into that, to your promised land, that promised land of rest where all that you need of God is, is right there in his presence. And if your heart can rest in his presence, then it's all yours. But as you come to that place, there's a great danger that your heart will withdraw in fear because you have to trust and surrender your heart completely to God. And that's why he says, it seems like it's totally changed the subject, but it's still talking about dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. He says, today, as you're worshipping God, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. In other words, as you come into that Holy of Holies, now you really start to hear him speak to you. Now you feel his hand on your life directing you. 
And if you're not careful, you now have a decision. Will I continue to yield to that? Or will I play it safe? Will I harden my heart and pull back out of the Holy of Holies because I want to keep control? And he says it's just like the children of Israel going into the promised land, just on the edge of the promised land. They're about to enter in and possess all that God had for them. They pull back because of unbelief. They're scared what will happen. They're scared it's a danger. They're safe in the wilderness. If they go in the promised land, they don't know what's going to happen. The only assurance they have is that God's presence is with them. Are they just to trust in God's presence that God will keep them safe? God will take them into that land. Because they didn't trust in his presence. They wanted to play safe and they withdrew. They hardened their hearts and as a result, they didn't enter in to that place. It says, don't harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness. When your fathers tested me, they tried me, though they saw my work. For 40 years I was grieved for that generation. They missed God completely. It is a people who go astray in their hearts. They do not know my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they will not enter my rest. You see, we all have a choice. Do we enter into that place, into the secret place, that place of rest, the place where God has everything under his control? Don't harden your heart. Dwell in that secret place. And the key is to abide in his presence. And that's why God told Joshua when 40 years later he had to do it. God says, no one will stand before you, Joshua. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. That's the great promise of God. I'll be with you. My presence will be with you. You have to trust me for your future. You don't know what your future is. Just trust, abandon yourself to me, surrender yourself to me in your presence. And the future I have for you is good. My, pre my hand will be on your life. My presence will be with you. And you will enter in to what is good. You've just got to let go of that of feeling you have to control everything. And he says in verse 9, Joshua 1, 9, Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Abandon yourself to God's presence. You don't know what's going to happen in your future, but if you're in his hand, you are safe. His presence is with you, that you don't need to be afraid. The Bible talks about when you pray, go into your room, go to your inner room, and when you've shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. He says, enter into that secret place. Into that innermost room with God. That, the bedchamber, really, it's saying. Go into the secret place with God. How do you do that? You seek God with praise, with thanksgiving. You request that intimacy with him. You go through the veil and then you dwell there. And, and, you, and you resist that urge to reassert control. And you surrender yourself to him in worship. And so we'll finish with Psalm 91. It gives the promise, he who dwells, not just, just visits occasionally, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. What is the secret place? It's the Holy of Holies. It's God himself, the presence of God himself. He who dwells under the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty, the shadow of Shaddai. And here is how you enter the secret place. Verse 2, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. That's how you enter in. You say, these are words of thanksgiving. You're my God. I trust in you, you see. You're my everything. I love you. 
speaking those words of truth causes your soul to enter into the presence of God. And, and the, then it gives promises of the benefits of doing that. He'll deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the pestilence. He'll, you'll find refuge under his wings. It talks, you won't be afraid of the terror by night, the arrow that flies by day, the pestilence, the destruction. Thousands may fall around you, it won't come near you. And he goes on. And then verse 9 is crucial. He says, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge. Now that doesn't make sense in English. It's literally because you said, for you, O Lord, are my refuge. See, that refers back to verse 2. Because he said, Lord, you are my refuge. Because he gave that praise and that thanksgiving, he says, as a result of that, you have made the Most High your dwelling place. How do you enter into the secret place? How do you enter into that intimacy with God? You say, you are my refuge. You're my life. You're my love. You, it's praise and thanksgiving. You enter into his courts. And then it says in verse 14, and then it gives other blessings. Angels be given charge of you. You'll tread on the demonic powers. No plague will come near your dwelling and so forth. Then in verse 14 he says, because he has set his love on me, and again, that, there it is again, he sets his love. In praise and thanksgiving, you set your love on the Lord. That opens up your heart and it releases God's heart and God's presence towards you. And through doing that, you enter into that immediacy. You worship him in spirit. And then, therefore, he says, because you set your love on him, God delivers you, he sets you on high, you, he answers your prayers, he delivers you, he honors you, he satisfies you with long life. In other words, what happens as you do that, the hand of the Lord comes upon you. All his blessings are released in your life. What a, what a great psalm. Enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart. Enter his courts with praise. And then just worship him and dwell in his presence forever. Amen. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And our vision is to spread the in-depth teaching of the word of God to the ends of the earth. But we need your help. If you can partner with us or, or pray for us, contribute to us, it will make all the difference to make this possible. And on our website, oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk, you, you can find the, a way you can help us financially, and we would be so grateful. God wants you well. Jesus died for, your, for our healing. And so I've written two books. The first one is Getting Healed. It's How to Receive Your Healing. It's practical instruction, how you can receive your healing from God. And my second book is a follow-on from that, which is Live Long and Strong. And it talks about how we can have our youth renewed by God and, and the principles of having a long and a strong life. Thank you for watching. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH. You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk where you can also make a donation to our ministry or contact us on 01865 515 086.